Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for the GNFCC 400 Insider. Connect, build, and grow with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to the GNFCC 400 Insider, the monthly radio show and podcast presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. I'm Callie Boatwright, President and CEO of the Chamber. And today we are discussing the 2024 North Fulton Economic Outlook with Metro Atlanta Chamber Chief Economist, Dr. Jerry Parrish. Jerry Parrish is the Chief Economist at the Metro Atlanta Chamber and was previously the Director of State and Local Policy Analysis at the Florida Institute of Government, which is at Florida State University. Dr. Parrish was also on the faculty in the Masters of Applied Economics program at Florida State University for the last 12 years. Jerry, welcome. Thanks, Kelly. Good to be here with you guys today. We're excited to have you here as well. I think we'll start with just asking you to fill us in. I know I gave a little brief update about who you are and where you've been most recently, but would you mind sharing with us a little bit about your background and what led to your recent move from Florida to work with the Metro Atlanta Chamber? Yes, I've been an economist for quite a few years, had a pretty good long private sector background before I went back to get my PhD. I went back when I was 33 and graduated when I was 38. And I actually have lived in the metro Atlanta area before. I worked for Triumph Motorcycles. Their North American headquarters was down in Peachtree City. Oh, that's when fun. I started. So I lived down in Coweta County. But since then, I was the chief economist at an organization called Florida Tax Watch and the chief economist for the Florida Chamber Foundation. So Got a good chamber background (laughs) and analyzing states and what's going on as far as their economies. That's excellent. Um, I'm sure that uh, you uh, are having made that change back to Atlanta. We're glad to have you back here. And um, we're sorry for Florida that they have lost you, at least in the interim, but we're very glad that you're here. Let's jump in with the economic forecast just from an overview perspective, Jerry. Um, It's been a crazy few years with inflation, pandemic, war, and global unrest, and of course, the changing work cultures, moving from office, back to office, sometimes in the office, all kinds of different options there. Can you maybe share with us what some of the key global economic trends that experts are predicting for 2024? Yeah, let's first look at kind of the recovery from the pandemic, because I think that's really important. Georgia's done really well, and the metro Atlanta area has done even better than the state of Georgia. And that shows a lot about the resiliency of the economy. And you also have that up here in the North Fulton uh, area. And so what is job creation has happened. It started to accelerate once we recover from the pandemic. Certainly it has changed with the back to work or not. Uh, it's affecting our commercial property folks that do office buildings and, and our regional banks. But for the most part, every other industry is doing really right now. We've seen uh, a lot of uh, increase in construction and finance and insurance, healthcare, things like that. Um, professional services has been big. And uh, so what you see now is people waiting to see what the Federal Reserve is going to do. The signals have been, we're going to lower interest rates, but maybe not quite as quickly (laughs) as we thought before. But what you have to think about is we've got really good, stable growth 
other than the fact of the commercial office space. So right. uh, that seems to be holding a lot of people back. And some companies, of course, are requiring their employees to go back to the office as much as five days a week. Yeah, we just heard the big announcement from UPS, of course. Sure, you've seen UPS, and that's really the thing. Can you keep those people and hopefully get them back into the office more? That's what a lot of companies are, are worried about right now. Can they do that? But what you have to think about is we've got a kind of a shift in power between employers and employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, employees had a lot of the power, were able to stay at home a lot of the time. And whether that will last much longer or not, we're not real sure. But the downtown areas all across the country and the business district areas are really hoping that the employees will start coming back to the office and that'll make the businesses around those areas a lot. And I think that's the amenitization of that area. In other words, the fact that there are the restaurants and the retailers right up next to some of these larger businesses It really makes it important from an ecosystem standpoint to get folks back to the office, if not five days a week, four days a week. I would love it if everybody was back in culturally. I think that it's that we miss things when that's not the case. But I certainly also understand some flexibility for our employees. I think that's important as well. Yeah, looking forward, one of the things I'm concerned about is if employees are stay mostly remote, how are they going to get ingrained in the culture of the organization? How are you going to train those new employees? That's going to be a bigger and bigger issue, and it's it's difficult. People enjoyed staying at home. I certainly did. I got to stay home for a couple of months. I was very productive. Yeah. And then going back to the office when I had to do that, uh, it was a little bit of a transition. I, I did not miss the commute. <laughs> yeah, and I think especially up here in North Fulton, folks are are happy not to have the commute, but. Certainly, it's, I think culturally, I think it's important in that mentorship sort of relationship that you're mentioning, especially with folks coming right out of college. Of course, as a professor at Florida State, you understand the importance of them getting ingrained into a culture and and connected and really learning from those folks who have some experience within that. Yeah, I, I actually had promised to go speak to the undergrads at FSU, and I did that last Wednesday. Oh, wow. So I left my office about one o'clock in downtown Atlanta and made it to the six o'clock economic club meeting down there. And and I told him that I said, you know, everybody wants to stay at home. You really need to be in the office to get that training, Mm -hmm. to get accustomed. Cause I told him, I said, it's probably going to be easier for you to be laid off if they don't know who you are. That's right. If you're never around the office and you don't become part of the culture. And they of course looked a little disappointed. They all want jobs (laughs) where they can work from home. Sure. Yeah. It does have its downsides. No, I I understand. And I understand the struggle that we have with which is better for us personally and certainly from a a business standpoint. So from a macroeconomic, looking at the global trends that we were just discussing, bringing that down into North Fulton and really discussing what that forecast looks like for 2024, even just for this year, but even moving outside of that. When we think about a year ago, about 85% of economists were forecasting a recession. Right. And there were good reasons for that. Some of the signals that we usually indicate that a recession is 12 to 18 months away had been going on already for months. Mm -hmm. And so now we end up in this year where most of the economists are predicting a soft landing. And certainly the Federal Reserve is expecting one, hoping for one. And so businesses, some of them held off on some investments that they may have done. Now they're starting to do them. I see a pretty good 2024 good solid year that that we're 
have. Obviously, there's always uh, black swan events that could happen out there. But I think most business people that I talk to are looking for a good solid year this year as far as the market holding up, people spending holding up. And it's a little tight hiring employees right now. Nobody wants to sell their house that has a (laughs) 2.75% mortgage and move. That's been the, the difficult thing for a lot of employers is filling those jobs. It's because in the old days, you could get people to move, but right now it's very difficult. Indeed. We'll just jump right into that then. Obviously, that's one of the big issues around inflation and interest rates in 2024 and then how they're impacting businesses from the perspective of even funding on some of the commercial property deals, but also the consumers in our area and folks who need to be able to, as you mentioned, move for jobs or simply downsizing. Where We forget that before COVID, we knew that there was an aging of the population and that there was a, a major shift in what they called the gray tsunami. I'm not sure what they call it now, but but yeah, that that's changing over time. So maybe how do you look at that? What is What are we thinking for inflation interest rates? I know the Fed has come and said a couple of times, everybody's waiting to see what happens in March. I think you'll see the Fed will make more progress toward its target of 2% uh, inflation. Not sure they're going to get there by the end of the year, but they don't really have to. That's one of the issues. Certainly inflation is slowing down. So it's really disinflation, not deflation, because there's still a little bit of inflation. It's just at a much slower rate than it was before. But it's been surprisingly quick how much inflation rate has come down. We saw the interest rates go up, but still nobody knew what would happen if it would cause a recession, which it is Mm -hmm. not. So it looks the Chairman Powell has got the numbers right. They're waiting around. The market says said up until a few days ago that there could be five or six drops in interest rate this year. The Fed wouldn't say it would be five or six. They would be maybe two or three, as mm-hmm. is my guess. But I think later in the year, you'll see interest rates coming down. And uh, hopefully that'll make that spread between the mortgage that you have now and the one you get uh, if you move to take that job that you really want. Make it just a little easier to handle. And that'll open up the, the housing market a little bit. Yeah, which will be great. Do you expect to see that in March? I think that's the everybody's debating now whether they will uh, bite the bullet and, or hold tight in March and wait and see what happens. I, I would say no. And my, my personal guess is uh, that when they saw that January jobs number that was so hot, it was basically double the number of jobs created in January that everybody expected. <laughs> That'll push the any drops in interest rate a little further down the line. It's an interesting time. I know as a chamber president, I love seeing jobs reports that look like that, of course. We want the economy to do well, but certainly there are implications across the board for that. So let's talk about that labor market, right? Our unemployment rate in North Fulton continues to be impressively low which usually sounds great, but we also, it's important to have that pipeline of talent for our businesses. We want to keep those companies here. Can you maybe share your projections for the labor market and how trends, we've talked a little bit about remote work, but trends like remote work or even AI, which is now potentially impacting the state of employment moving forward? Yeah, I've really been looking at this AI and uh, trying to figure out what it means uh, we've heard all kind of forecasts. It'll cost 10 billion jobs. We, we see the numbers high and low. What I, what I think, uh, when you see some of the layoffs going on in tech right now, I really believe that it's a rotation. 
by the tech companies that they are hiring up on the AI side and they're shaving people off of the other parts of their business. I don't think we're going to see a big net job loss here. Remember when interest rates started going really high last year and that made some of these startups and some of these tech companies stock drop Mm -hmm. substantially. All those people that got laid off immediately found jobs in the private sector. That's right. In other jobs. Uh, Everybody needs a tech person. And so people that work for Google and Microsoft and all those, they easily found jobs in other parts of the private sector. I I think this is more of a rotation and Mm. job killer, but it's anybody's guess what's going to happen in the future. Certainly, I've played with AI and I'm trying to figure out uh, what I would do. I really believe it's going to help a lot of people and it's going to be great for things like copy editing and things people like me that write stuff i think it's going to be a great help will it destroy some jobs yeah probably every other technology we've ever had but those people will rotate into something else is my guess yeah so it's more of a retraining not necessarily a replacement as we move forward folks learning more about that particular area so What about the labor market specifically in North Fulton? What do you see here as opposed to perhaps other areas of Georgia or even in the Southeast? The good news about this area is people still want to move here. Oh, yeah. And when I looked at the numbers of the net migration last year, it was actually a little surprising to me that the number one state of net migration into Georgia last year was people from California. I hear that all the time. California and New York seem to be the two during COVID and then California stayed because I guess obviously the price of homes in California is like you read about, but Georgia also has seen some right sizing of the pricing on their homes. So That's true. The number two state was actually Florida, mild state, but that's common. Most people don't realize this between Georgia and Florida. Georgia wins on a net basis almost every single year. No, I would not have thought. I I picture everyone, which is horrible, very stereotypical, but people retiring and moving to Florida, right? That happens, but, and and I should throw a disclaimer out here. I used to live in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. So I I saw this phenomenon even before I moved to, to Georgia. What happens is a lot of people, and we call these people halfbacks, Oh, I've heard that. People move from New York and New Jersey and Midwest, and they move to Florida, and they spend their first summer down there, and then they decide they better move further north. And so they move to Georgia, they move to North Carolina and places like that. And there's been such a big issue with homeowners insurance. I, I still have a home in Florida. It's a big issue down there. Some people are finding out the house they wanted. They can't get it insured for any reasonable amount of money, and so they're choosing another state. But it's common, I would guess, most years we see in Georgia a net uh, increase of people uh, that come from Florida. I know it's been going on for a while you know, since I was the working at the <laughs> Florida Chamber Foundation. I, I did yeah. those numbers every year, and I think it's been a net positive for Georgia every year for yeah. quite a while. Come on. We've got lots of, of great places here in Georgia, so we certainly welcome those folks. Obviously, the labor market is strong. Unemployment is incredibly low. Uh, What emerging markets uh, are you seeing for 2024 and how's that going to affect this? As we invest or think about investing, what kinds of things do we need to really think about to be able to mitigate any potential uncertainties? I know people are very, I, I would say this year far more than last, people seem very positive. So I certainly see that. We're, we're all a, a little uh, once bitten, twice shy in that regard. 
it's inevitable that things have been so good for so long that uh, you start to think that maybe, and, and certainly we economists are that way. You know, mm-hmm. We're the people that will see the cloud behind the mm-hmm. scooting over the silver lining and, and the negative stuff. That's why they call economics the dismal science. So, so we always think about that kind of stuff. There's always something that could come up, but I think we're in the right spot. People are moving to the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. and in a lot of cases, they're choosing Georgia. So we've got more people moving in. Certainly, that's going to keep housing prices tight, no doubt about it. But it also gives us the opportunity to get workforce that other states may not get. People get tired. It's too cold in the winter, and they <laughs> want to move south. There's a great chance that they'll take a look at Georgia. We've got got a great transportation system. The people always talk about uh, the airport, but I don't. And, and I think Georgians appreciate the airport, but I don't think they realize what having that kind of an airport with that many direct flights does for economic development. It is a major thing, especially when we talk to our friends in Europe mm-hmm. as we try to move them and have their them open a headquarters here in North America. Our group is also the Economic Development Agency for the 29 metro Atlanta counties. Mm-hmm. And so I see international companies in our office seemingly every week. And that direct flight situation is a beautiful thing. It's a big deal for those companies. Yeah, being able to have access and to do that. I've heard it said the airport, of course, port, having the, the port in Georgia, and of course, we like to talk about the interstate system and specifically here on, on Georgia 400, straight through North Fulton with all the fintech and healthcare companies that this is really a powerhouse as well. It is. And, and what's been great is I've gotten to see a lot of the startup community that's going on here. It's a lot more active than I knew about mm-hmm. when I was looking from the outside. There is some really exciting stuff. And what is really cool is when those folks are spinning off companies and investing in other companies. And you may have seen the announcement about South Downtown Atlanta. One of our great tech entrepreneurs is doing a big development down there, now, mm-hmm. which will help the whole area, not just the, the downtown Atlanta area. That's just going to make more opportunities with more startup companies here. And that's great for these college graduates coming from all over. Metro Atlanta Chamber is focused on mm-hmm. helping those people think about Atlanta That's right. as a place to come and start their career. And for us, we're trying to keep them in North Fulton, homegrown, if you will, and make sure that they see this area as one they want to come back to. Because the bottom line is that we need that pipeline of talent into our great companies, as I mentioned, which segues actually very nicely into the fact that when this young talent moves to this area, really in in anywhere here in, in metro Atlanta, the housing market. So prices, they've increased dramatically, in many cases doubled or more. And there are still very few homes available, even with interest rates as high as they are right now, which is funny that I'm I'm saying high when the interest rates are six to seven percent. I remember when they were 14%. Yeah. So I say that with the caveat that it's certainly not the highest. What are you predicting or hearing predicted for the housing market in 2024? That, that's a really interesting thing because uh, I started at my job on August the 1st. And uh, so I, I was busy teaching at Florida State until the very end of July. So I had no time to look for a house oh, yeah. to relocate. So I rented a place for a few months. And now, including this past weekend, I've been out in the housing market looking for a place. 
And I look on the property records and see what they sold for two and three and four years ago. And you're right. A lot of them have doubled. Yes. And I'm in that situation. It's, it is difficult for mm-hmm. young families, no doubt about it. A lot of the ones that I have seen buying houses have gotten substantial amounts of help from their parents or some relative who's got some extra money they could give up. Yeah. We'll eventually see more home building. Yeah. But that lags. It's, it's difficult. It doesn't take off immediately. It takes a long time to get property bought, put in through the system, permits, all that stuff. So it, it really does take a long time. We have seen a substantial amount of multifamily housing mm-hmm. being built. And so that right now is going to be the option for a lot of folks. I saw a couple of articles that maybe the, the increases in rents are slowing. And maybe even some of the rents will come down as, as a lot of these new pieces of property get put on the market, a lot of them at the same time right now. So I think that's going to be a help, but certainly uh, all the young folks out there need to save <laughs> their money and, uh, and uh, get ready to make a down payment because housing prices typically don't go down very much. That's right. That's right. That's a, a great investment at any time, but certainly one right now that looks a lot different than it did even five years ago from that perspective. So. We, of course, look at the global market. We look at the state of Georgia, Metro Atlanta, but as the North Fulton Chamber, we believe that North Fulton is one of the most economically sound areas in, certainly in the state. Do you have any comparison of how North Fulton relates to the rest of Georgia, the rest of the Southeast, perhaps, as a community, as a region? Sure. There's a couple things that stick out as I looked at the numbers and What I looked at was, like I do, the state economies and and others. I looked at where was it before COVID? We had a good, solid economy. Things were going. Have you gained jobs and and at what rate? And really, have you diversified your economy since then? And like I said, Georgia has done really well. And what I see is uh, a lot of things happening that are diversifying the economy. Probably the thing that that would stick out the most as the positive going on here is the amount of, it's called professional scientific and technical services. It's a subcategory of professional business services. And these are those high wage jobs. It's like architects and engineers and and those kind of folks that when those people are being hired, there's a lot of activity going on in construction and other things. And that helps diversify the economy and really is some high wage jobs. That has done really well here. That's one of the top gainers. We've got a lot more healthcare going on. Georgia has done it too, but certainly here, a lot of it is what they call ambulatory healthcare, mm-hmm. and that means outpatient care. But we've also got good construction, good company headquarters numbers. Over that period, there's been more than 3,300 headquarters type jobs to come into, into the North Fulton area. Another one is transportation and warehousing. It's because all of y'all sat at home and ordered stuff on Amazon uh, is a lot of it when you went home for, for, for the COVID. But uh, also insurance companies have been hiring folks up here. It's been a substantial number of folks. So you add all those up and you're talking about a good gain. But even more importantly, you're probably just a, just a shortage, a little bit shorter, smaller percentage than Atlanta metro area mm-hmm. as a whole. But the big advantage of what you got is you're diversifying the economy here and that will make it more stable for when the next downturn comes and sooner or later one will come 
And you guys will be more resilient even for the next one than you were the last one. And you did pretty well during the last one. We don't want to think about anything coming our way. I think we'll just continue to recover and not think about what's coming next. We, we've all gotten a little scared uh, about all the, the coming next things. Jerry, I've enjoyed talking to you so much. I could go on for a very long time, but I, I think I want to close with this. Are there any outliers or things that folks wouldn't normally think that will um, be significant factors in 2024? You, of course, I'm sure talk to all the economists. I picture that y'all are constantly interchanging what your views and thoughts are as you look forward and your great crystal ball. But is there anything that you're thinking or that you're seeing that may be a bit of an outlier? You, know, you got to be concerned a little bit about the regional banks. If they're really exposed to commercial property, you have to think about them. We look a lot at the international situation. You know, we've got wars going on. You know, we can't send ships through the Suez Canal right now. China has uh, got a property market meltdown going on right now that could, could become pretty serious. Those things that are offshore for us could have big impacts. But one of, one of the things I want to remind people of is we've got probably the highest or close to the highest vacancy rate for office space that we've had ever, maybe. I have to think about that as an organization whose one of our main purposes is economic development. I went to a, an opening of a company the other day. A company from the Netherlands came in. Mm -hmm. They're going to hire a thousand people. They got office space. It was a great deal for them because yep. of the softness in that market. I think it's a really good opportunity to move more companies in here. It's a great economic development you know, opportunity right now to help those headquarters jobs and those office jobs. There's a lot of folks that are looking right now. And they've seen Georgia. They've watched the legislature. The legislature has been really impressive to me. They've been stable as far as their economic development. They don't do anything crazy and change programs mm -hmm. every year. They've been really stable. And the market understands that and recognizes that. And so they feel like if they move to Georgia, they won't get surprised. And that's a great recruiting opportunity for those folks that, that may have a potential to move here. Yeah, agreed. I think that stability is one of the foundations, the hallmarks of the certainly the state, the region itself. Again, I appreciate so much your time today. I do want to ask how we can find you. If you can let us know website, um, social media, where folks can find you if they have continuing questions. Okay, uh, great question. You know, they can find me at uh, by email at jparish, J-P as in Paul, A-R-I-S-H at M-A-C-O-C dot com. Or they can find me on Twitter at DR for Dr. Jerry Parrish. I'm on Twitter on a pretty regular basis and on LinkedIn as well. But if they can't think, can't do any of those, they can pick up the phone, call probably <laughs> any chamber in this state. Absolutely. And say, Let me speak to that economist guy, because one of the things you may not know, <laughs> there's no other regional chamber and no state chamber now that has a full-time chief economist except for the Metro Atlanta Chamber. Pick up the phone, call a chamber, ask to speak to the economist, and you'll probably end up uh, on, on my phone. We're glad that you're here. Welcome since August, and I'm glad that you had the opportunity to spend some time with us today. I want to thank Dr. Jerry Parrish for joining me today and also thank our listeners for joining us on the GNFCC 400 Insider 
presented by the Greater Norfolton Chamber. To listen to this show again or to hear any of our previous episodes, visit gnfcc400insider.com. And to find out more about the Greater North Fulton Chamber events and programs, you can always visit gnfcc.com. Until next time, I'm Callie Boatwright, and this has been the GNFCC 400 Insider on Business Radio X.